0: You're listening to The Trailblazers Podcast, episode 93, with Brandon Frame. You're listening to The Trailblazers Podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful Black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. What's up, Blazer Nation? Listen up, we got a special brother kicking it with us today. I'm talking with Brandon Frame. And before I share a little bit about Brandon, you know, I want to make sure everyone goes back if you've not yet done so. Last week, we had an amazing episode with Chanel Hampton of Hampton Consulting. And so I'm going to encourage you, if you missed it, once again, go back and listen to episode 92 when you're done listening to Brandon. So our conversation today is, again, with Brandon Frame. He's a visionary leader, social innovator, mentor. He founded the Black Man Can, which is an award-winning and internationally recognized nonprofit organization that is focused on celebrating, educating, and inspiring boys and men of color. Brandon's just an amazing guy, and I truly enjoyed this conversation. I'm not going to get into his bio too much. You can easily hop on over to tbpod.com and read his full bio. But this is a brother who is nationally recognized, you know, has been on the 40 on the 40 lists, and he's a move and shake on somebody who, beyond his influence, is just doing some amazing things. And I thought he would be a great addition to the community, and he did not disappoint. Before we get into our conversation with Brandon, though... I wanted to give a shout-out to one of our listeners and a friend, Beryl S., who left us this super cool review over on Apple Podcasts that reads, I love this podcast. Each and every episode has thought-provoking moments, and those billionth-of-a-bolt bulb moments keep up the awesome trailblazing movements. Listen, Beryl, thank you so much for the awesome five-star review and your feedback. Nisha, and if you have not yet done so, consider leaving us a review over on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback, your encouragement, your thoughts are appreciated, and they continue to encourage me to do what I'm doing here. Can't say that, you know, the process coming into this fall has been easy. Work has been incredibly hard, you know, and as many of you know, the Trailblazers podcast is a second shift for me, right? Beyond working a full-time job in the marketing sphere, taking care of two young kids, and then having remaining committed and consistent with this podcast. And so you know, I've been putting out episodes. I can't see that every aspect of my checklist has been, you know, on point every week, week in and week out. But I, at the very least, I'm committed to making sure that there's an episode live. And so the batch process has been working really great for me recently. And I was able to be away in Jamaica on vacation for a couple of weeks and have everything preset, which has been pretty awesome. Right. So but I'm encouraged by you guys continuing to show support and continuing to share the episode up with your friends and family and on social media while I was in Jamaica and without Internet. You guys are doing a great job of that. So I just want to say thank you so very much for your continued support and continued feedback and continued love and um, excited and looking forward again. Or episode 93 episode 100 is coming on pretty quick that's gonna be december 18th and gonna be our last episode for 2017 so all that said you know again make sure to hop on over to tvpod.com to see the full show notes for today's episode that said let's get set guys to hop in and receive some mission field from today's trailblazer mr brandon frame hope you enjoy What's up, Blazer Nation? We've got a special brother kicking it with us today. I'm talking with Brandon Frame. Brandon, welcome, and thank you so much for being our featured Trailblazer today, my brother.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a true honor to be here. You have distinguished guests join you, so to be included in that list is just a blessing, and I'm looking forward to the discussion.
0: Most deserving of it.
1: So, we love to kick things off from a place of gratitude,
0: so... As you reflect on kind of where things are right now, I know we have this crazy social climate happening all around us. What are you most grateful for
1: right now? Mm, What am I most grateful for? I'm most grateful for God's mercy. I think that, you know, every day we get a chance to wake up and be great, to do over the mistakes that we've made. Um, We know that he just constantly forgives us and allows us another opportunity for his mercy because like anybody, I'm not perfect. And so I just truly appreciate the opportunity to always start over or a new beginning or, you know, in a good book, it says a righteous man's steps are ordered by the Lord. And I am grateful that he continues to order my steps in a way that allows for me to impact people on a daily basis.
0: So for those that don't know who I've read your scripted bio at the top of this call, but for you and I are sitting down having a drink, maybe breaking bread at a meal, right? And Uh we haven't gotten a
1: chance to really understand more about each other. How would you describe yourself? I would describe myself as a Renaissance man with a social conscience and a global perspective. I would describe myself as innovative, as a visionary, as being well-dressed, as being supportive, appreciative, and loving, and caring. Those are some of the words and things that I would use for myself. I look at life from, there's lots of different quotes that kind of guide me, and one of those being, be so reminded of Martin and Malcolm, yet so inspired to sketch your own path. And so that's one way that I describe myself. Like I'm so reminded of who they were as public figures, but also who they were as men. And I'm so reminded of that. But it also leads me to be so inspired for me to sketch my own path and build my own legacy. Where'd you grow up? Yeah, I grew up in Hartford, Connecticut. In Hartford, Windsor, Connecticut. So area code eight six oh is what I rep. And it was an interesting place to grow up because it's like, you know, I went to college, I went to Morehouse College. And, you know, when you get down there and you meet people from all over, you meet people from all over the world. People are like, there's black people in Connecticut. I'm like, there's actually a lot of black people in Connecticut. Actually, Connecticut has the third largest population of Caribbean people outside of saying. my Florida. A lot of Jamaicans in Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, Connecticut. Growing up, I was actually, I felt like a minority because I kind of define myself as like an African American. So like, I don't know, like I'm going to do ancestry.com, but I don't know you know, maybe what island I may have ancestry from. So, like, I kind of define myself African-American, but in the community in which I grew up in, everybody's, for the most part, is from some Caribbean nation. I mean, everybody speaks that language, that Patois. And then I think that it was cool, though, to have, to be immersed into that culture, as well as the different Spanish nations that are in the Caribbean as well. So, it was cool. It was really, it was great to have grown up in such a diverse place.
0: So, can can switch things up and did an interview in Patois, right?
1: No, probably not. Cause you know, I go to a barber shop and my barber's Jamaican. And so sometimes he puts on like comedy that's from Jamaica, different things. Everybody's laughing. And I'm sitting there like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the
0: Black Man Can. Tell me a little bit about the mission fuel for getting it started and,
1: you know, what the journey has been like to get you to where you are today. So the Black Man Can started as a blog seven years ago. One of the quotes that I live my life by is by MK Asante. And he says, once you make an observation, you have an obligation. And so while I was in school, I started a mentoring program at Charles R. Drew Charter School on the east side of Atlanta. And we brought young men to Morehouse and they got to experience the school and the different students and whatnot. When we did our debrief, I asked the students about, you know, various different questions. And then the feedback was that, the only other place that one young man, the only place he could think of that was like Morehouse was like prison. That was the only other place he could think of that had 2,600, 3,000 men in one place that were all black. I was like, wow, that's like powerful, right? And so this is my I'm in college. And so, you know, that was the observation that I, I made that boys and men of color need to see positive images of themselves and need to have their stories told. And so after I graduated ultimately started a blog, theblackmancane.org. And what I think was beautiful about it is that I wanted to buy .com, but it wasn't available. But I think God knew That it was going to be an organization, that it was going to be a nonprofit. Going back to those uh, righteous steps that were ordered, that are ordered in our lives, and so he knew that's why it wasn't available. And now we are a nonprofit. So in seven years, we've grown into a nonprofit organization that focuses on celebrating, educating, and inspiring boys and men of color. We have our blog. We have Black Men Mondays. We have Falling Black in Love. We have the Black Man Can Institute, the Black Man Can Awards. All these different pieces. That now make up the mission and vision to actively promote a positive black male image, to provide the positive contradiction to the prevailing black male image of today, and ultimately celebrate, educate, and aspire. Boys men of color. And it's been an amazing journey thus far, all the different things that I've learned, all the different men that I've met. We have a mentor network of over 250 men from across the country who will come to the different communities that we travel to for the Black Men Institute. We've impacted over 5,000 young men across the country. We, on a daily basis, generate over a million unique visitors to our social media and website. So it's just, you know, really this beautiful growth from just the idea of once you make an observation, you have an obligation and then just kind of putting stuff out there and innovating along the way. So you come out with a blog and like, cool. And you have a few sections and then we've brought it some more. And then, you know, then like, oh, okay, once we've come up with the blog. Then we had the Black Man Can Awards. And then we got the Black Man Can Journal, Define Yourself, Redefine the World, the guided journal for boys and men of color. Then we got the Black Man Can Institute. Then we got Falling Black in Love. And it's just something that has gradually progressed, but also was tied to that progression is my growth as a man. So at 23... What I saw and what I knew, the Black Man Can reflected that. And as I've grown and done more stuff and grown as a man, the Black Man Can continues to reflect all the, all the different things that happen through the maturation process of a man in society, a Black man in society. And so we make sure that we cover that. And I think because we've been able to grow in that way and grow as an organization to make sure that we cover boys and men, we've been able to create such a community because everybody, it's an inclusive community for boys and men of color. Reno, what does it mean to be a man? That's such a like a loaded question, you know. Like, there's so many different, so many different answers to it. But I think ultimately it comes down to being responsible. It, It means being. It means operating your ego from a place of love and not a place of where you allow your ego and your pride to allow for you to make selfish decisions for yourself. I think that being a man is being vulnerable. Being a man is showcasing genuine care for your fellow man and wanting to uplift and inspire him and help hold another man accountable for his actions. So so many different layers to being a man and it comes in a lot of different forms. It's not monolithic. And so that's why it's such a hard question to answer because people want to Put being a man into a box, and it's not a box. It's something that is ever growing, ever evolving as society continues to change and evolve itself. What do you wish more people understood about black men and boys today? What do I think? What do I wish more people understood? Actually, I think it's almost bringing that same piece—that kind of same thing I just said about what it is to be a man—and kind of into that is that being a black male. And being a black boy is not monolithic as well. Like it's not, you know, just being an athlete or an entertainer. It's being in technology. It's being a sports reporter. It's being a veterinarian. It's being a principal. It's being a superintendent. We walk and talk in different spaces. It's being a mentor, it's being a father, it's being a husband. And we are in all those spaces. We are every day. Carrying out the duties in all these different areas and excelling, and that's one reason why I started the Black Man Can to begin with, is to showcase these narratives and these stories that exist. Because too often we don't control our own narrative, and these stories aren't being told about how amazing and how awesome we are, and all the different accomplishments that we are making throughout society, and all the accomplishments that we have made to make society great.
0: Absolutely, preach, my brother.
1: What do you think is, you know, I think about this sometimes and I
0: I try to wrap my head around what's really holding us back, holding black men and boys back from reaching our highest potential. And I don't know your vibe on that. I'm sure you think about that quite a bit and look at, you know, there are a lot of obvious things, right? But I try to wrap my head around that
1: puzzling question. Mm -hmm you know that's a that's who another amazing question and there's so many different answers so we can obviously point to systemic racism and we can talk point to institutional racism and systems that have been created throughout time that have allowed for us to fall into the positions that we're in in terms of the prison industrial complex and the school to prison pipeline i think that and also, just in schools, not having positive self-identity development. So, like, if you're a young black boy in in, a, in the world, you can't necessarily find who you are, right? And the school doesn't give you opportunity or a space to learn about different things and people that will allow for you to really get a self-identity, a positive self-identity development that you can accomplish and do anything. Which is why I'm so grateful that I, I had the opportunity to go to Morehouse College because that's what it instilled in me. And if I hadn't, I'm not sure we would be on the phone right now. But I think one thing that's really from the conversation and I think that we don't often talk about is the first as men, the truth behind the fact of the matter is that even though I'm a black man, I am a man. And therefore, I get a level of privilege because I'm a man, right? And so as when we think about sometimes white folks, we want them to acknowledge their privilege and then use it for a greater good to hear our voices to support us to stand with us right then what we as black men need to do is do the same thing in terms of acknowledging our privileges men And then use that to elevate the voices of Black women and girls. And I think we constantly, a lot of times we miss that boat in terms of how we can collectively come together as Black people and as men using our privilege to elevate women and support them and appreciate them. Because if we come together, the power that's created there is amazing. And that unity is so needed. And sometimes I think we really miss the opportunity to do that. because the only other human being that's going to love us more than we love ourselves is Black women. And we, again, sometimes miss that opportunity to really allow for true unity to come so that we can ultimately overcome the different obstacles that are currently in the way for us as a people to move forward.
0: I couldn't agree with you more, man. Yeah, I definitely think that past all the other things that you just mentioned just now i do think that internally we have you know some loving to do right you touched on on the women you know i think as black men we need to learn to love ourselves and love each other and build the relationships right between each other and also our wives and, and the girlfriends and especially with our kids right yeah how do you think how can we as black men begin to work through that like You know, is there any practical advice you could give to say, you know, let's get real and maybe shed some of those worries and fears about? Yes,
1: absolutely. I think it does start with the internal loving of ourselves. I think we struggle with that. What we have a tendency to do as men is suffer in silence about a lot of things. And because we suffer in silence about a myriad of topics from our health, to infidelity, to miscarriages, to not being able to I'm forgetting the name now, When you're having trouble procreating with your wife, you know? And so it's like, wow, like I, I can't, my sperm count is low, whatever it may be. These are all different things that cause trauma. Infertility, there we go. That's the word I was looking for, infertility, right? These are all different things are like for people who do play sports and then the ball stops bouncing and then you have to be a regular citizen, right? All these different things cause a lot of trauma, you know, for us. And I think there's an opportunity or a space that we need to create for us to build community. There's a space we need to create in order to heal. To foster restoration as well as accountability and when we do that it again will allow for us to ultimately hear these voices of women and girls and not dismiss them so a lot of times you'll hear women will say things about the different things that they're experiencing or what they need from us right and a lot of times we'll treat black women the same way white people treat us and so like, you'll say something and a white person will be like, Yo, well, I-, I got black friends or, you know, some sort of comment that kind of dismisses like that. And so then, you know, a black male sometimes will sometimes make some of the same comments. And so we can't do that anymore. We need to really, you know. First create the community amongst ourselves and then invite women into those communities and then from there create and foster that dialogue that will then in turn turn into programs and it will turn into so much more so that we can ultimately move forward.
0: Are these things that you're trying to build into your own programming right now? (laughs)
1: These are definitely things that we are looking to build, first starting with creating the communities for us to walk in so that we can break down barriers of vulnerability. and Ultimately, what I'm working on, I guess, is something called silence no more. And so I think that once we can move past the suffering and silence to being open about various things, that will play a a major role for us. Love it. So Brandon, tell us about the 1000 Ties Initiative. Yes, 1000 ties. So the Black Men Can Institute travels around the country and impacts thousands of boys each year. And at each institute, the boys receive neckties. And so instead of. You know, paying for the neckties because they're really expensive, we hold a tie raiser. And so we'll have it at a lounge or a bar and people will come and we'll have, you know, drink specials. We'll have pass hors d'oeuvres and we'll have like an open dessert bar. But admission to the event is ties. We'll have enough ties so that when we go out into communities to work with our young kings, we will give them a tie and teach them how to tie double and single ones or knots. Where did that idea come from? It came from not wanting to pay for ties because it wasn't in the budget. (laughs) So I like, okay, well, I don't have enough money to pay for ties, but I got enough money to do an event and people could bring ties. And then it allows to bring people together to actually also just share the work. And what we're doing and the impact and it brings people into the impact. It's create that allows for you to create a community. So now because we're so visual with what we do, if you come to our event and you bring ties and then you follow us on social media or Facebook and whatnot, or you check out the videos and you're like, wow, like I see my gift in action, which then makes people want to be a part of our community and to give more funds and more ties to the work that we're doing.
0: Wow. Brandon, you have so much happening, man. What are some of your non-negotiable daily habits?
1: Non-negotiable daily habits. I've recently committed to a life of fitness. So I, I try to get at least 30 minutes a day in doing something that's been really helpful for my peace of mind as well as my health overall. And that's kind of been the main thing other than that. Like I kind of, you know, do not necessarily have any daily non-negotiables. I kind of just do i kind of live life you know i think that i think it's important to take one or two vacations a year i think that self-care is really important i think i like to do massages maybe like once a quarter as well i think that that time to just relax and kind of be pampered catered to is really important as well and creates a great work-life balance which i think is really important when you're dream chasing
0: yes very important
1: so we're in the fourth
0: quarter What are you, as you look ahead to 2018, give us a teaser as to what we might be able to look forward to with the black man.
1: Yeah, so I have to be, because, you know, I'll share as much as I can without giving away exactly what we got going on, but we will be relaunching our blog. And I'm really excited about that to be more digital media video friendly. I think about the blog will maybe be about 75 to 80% video. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to do a really large shoot. You'll hear about it as well and be invited to it. And so we're going to be breaking up our blog into three different sections, which is his story, Black Woman Wednesdays, Or the black woman can and falling black in love, which are all things we already do, but just reformatting the blog in a way. But then what we'll be doing is for Black Men Mondays, we'll have motivational videos and video profiles of men and celebrating black men, but giving that video aspect to it. Then we'll be doing the same thing for women with Black Women Wednesdays. Because, again, I think it's important for us to honor, salute and acknowledge our queens whenever we have the opportunity to do so. We'll also have Falling Black in Love, which will be inviting couples to come and share. And so some people are going to get like an email for like they might get they'll get a probably a Black Men Mondays history, you know, email. They might get another one for Falling Black in Love because I want you to come. But I actually want you to come, you know, for what you do individually as a guy in your movement but then i also want you to come with your wife and tell us your love story because i think again that's another aspect of what we do with falling black in love and telling love stories and showing how people balance love work and everything in between so that's just another aspect so that's kind of how we're going to be rolling out our blog in, in 2018 so i'm really excited about putting now all together and we're just looking to secure a venue right now and then we'll get some dates down and we'll be sending out invites and then hopefully people will have time on the calendar to show up for that shoot and we'll probably do another one at some point in 2018 but probably like a midway halfway through depending on how much content we gather from the first time the next shoot that we'll do we also have some other stuff coming under falling black in love that's kind of like the extent of what i can say now because you know i know you got a lot of viewers and a lot of listeners and somebody might be like oh that's a great idea and then they run with it, and out of it. I'm, yeah, I'm upset so we'll just say that we have something coming that's really really big i'm really really excited about it and i think it's going to be a major hit we also will continue to do our Black Men Cane Institute. So I know we already have one institute locked in for Syracuse, New York. We have, we're have we in talks with several other cities from Miami to Philly to so some stuff on the West Coast, some stuff in Texas. So we're just talking to different people as well as working on securing sponsorships to do some of the stuff that we want to do as well so to bring in different big brands and different people who want to be a part of the work of celebrating, educating, inspiring boys and men of color. So those are just some of the things that we have coming in in 2018 and we'll continue to just to do the work that we're doing and not falter in any way and just continue to elevate our platform but ultimately the platform is a platform for black men and boys so as long as we continue to elevate that means we're continuing to elevate the narratives and the stories and the images of boys and men of color we're really i'm really excited about some of the growth that we've made with our social media page as well so we and on january 1st We had twenty four thousand followers who followed the Black Man Can Instagram page and as of right now, we have 127,000 followers. So yeah, and it's been an amazing journey. And even just kind of for me, like I'm really into, as you probably could tell, I'm really into content creation and putting all that stuff together. So like even, you know, creating the content in a way or curating the content on a page that allows for such a mass amount of people to really follow and buy into what we're doing. So I'm really excited about continuing to do, but also, through the different things that we want to launch with our blog, we're going to, by creating this community of people who want to see positive images of boys men of color, it also allows for me to invite people like yourself and many others to come to do film, to be featured. And not only will it live on a blog and YouTube and Facebook, but it will also live on Instagram. And that's an opportunity for somebody to get their brand, their business, their platform in front of, you know, 100,000 people. But that's what the Black Man Can is about. And so I'm just happy to continue to be innovating in different spaces that will ultimately allow for us to truly bring the positive contradiction to the prevailing black male image of today.
0: Love it, love it, love it. And, you know, we often plan and God laughs, right? And you say you you worry a little bit about faltering, man. Just keep doing what you're doing because you're clearly on the right path, right? Sometimes it it doesn't always go in the direction we want it to when we want it to. But clearly you did something right, right? So congratulations on a job well done. How are you. you know? What are you doing to be able? I'm curious to know, like, what are you doing to be able to see that measure of growth from
1: um, the course of a year? So I guess I'll give away some of the tricks, you know, and then hopefully, you know, we'll see if somebody decides to create a page just like it. I don't know, but one is. We're not monolithic, right? So one is that a lot of pages that kind of cater to black men and boys on social media are like, it might be fashion, it might be fatherhood, maybe travel. And so you can only post pictures that fit that. Where ours is about black men as a whole. And so I have pictures with black men with their families. I have pictures with black men with their kids. I have pictures of black men traveling. I have pictures of black men as veterinarians, as doctors, as lawyers. I have pictures of black men proposing to black women. Yeah, I have pictures of black men marrying black women. So, like, all of that, like, if you just go to the page and you scroll, you'll see, like, wow, like, look at us. And look at what we do, look at what we accomplish, despite what you may hear or see. No, this is the true who we are. And I think that that um, has played a role. I think that mixing up the combination of videos and photos is important. I think one thing that also plays a role is like, you know, as a people, and this might, this is a topic probably for another day, but as a people, we have complexion issues, right? And so, like, in curating the page, you also have to show the realness. So you have to show, you know, you have light-skinned people together. You got dark-skinned people together. You got dark-skinned with light skin. You know, all that actually really goes into the page. Like, you can't go in one direction and be like, oh, well, we only got dark skin people. We only got light-skinned people. We only got dark-skinned men with light-skinned babies. Like, it really actually all matters, right, in terms of the authenticity of the page and showing who we are. You have to have people of all sizes. You know what I mean? Like, because everybody's not a fit couple. You know what I mean? So with that gives people... The authenticity that this is really a true representation of who black men are in society. I love
0: it. Love it. Love it. So listen, before we wrap up here, I'd love to pick your brain on some of your tools and resources. So tell us, you know, about some of the books that you're reading right now that you're recommending
1: to friends. Oh, absolutely. It's funny because I literally just gave like a list of different things today. So one book that I tell everybody to read is by Simon Sinek, Start With Why. I mean, that's a like, I mean, you can't go wrong with that book. Like that's a book that should be required reading in schools. You know, another one is Relentless by Tim Grover. One reason why I like these two books in particular is like they really help you define, kind of help you define yourself. So that's the book that I'm working on is define yourself, redefine the world. And so, which will come out in 2018. So that's another thing I got coming. That's the personal side, but both books, right? Like in start with why he talks about why what and how people right and so if you're a why person you need to find what and how people because you can't be all three which ultimately lends itself to any entrepreneur knows you can't work on your business and your business at the same time so he just kind of put a whole like way of kind of helping you see that and what type of people you need to find in order to do that relentless is the same way so you got coolers cleaners and closers and it kind of defines like who these people are but ultimately what i love about that one is more so the idea of going from good to great to unstoppable right and so what's really important important about that is that you know that you, but you have to start at good in order to get to unstoppable a lot of people want to get to right to unstoppable and that's not possible and so like you have to start at good and then good graduates to great which ultimately graduates to unstoppable and like i like even personally myself like i feel like i teeter between great and unstoppable depending on what i'm working on but the goal is to completely operate in an unstoppable realm and work So you get to that point that you can operate in that realm. Another book, going back to M.K. Asante's, you know, one of my favorite scholars. So The Rise of the Post-Hip-Hop Generation is a great book. It definitely something I read when I was in college that really put me on a really big track to create some of the things that I've been able to create. Like I, from that, I was able, I'm the co-founder of hip hop ed, hashtag hip hop ed. And that kind of started from that. So those are three books that I think are really important to read. Um, I think just when we think about things that are going on currently with sports and protests and everything, 40 million dollar slaves by William Roden is just a really great read. And I think it's almost even more relevant today than it was when he wrote it. So that's another great book that's just really good to read. So those are some of the books I would recommend I mean, that list can continue to, you know, grow, but those are four books right there that I think anybody can read. And then like, then on just on a black male side, right? Because I think that's important too. So like, I think I'm really big on like coming of age stories because they're usually really accurate. And as a black male, you can read some of these stories and you'll be able to relate. And so like Nathan McCall's Make Me Wanna Holla is a really great coming of age story. Book by MK Asante is another one. The Other Westmore by Westmore is another one that are great coming of age stories for black men and boys to read as well to again get back to everything i kind of goes back to this idea of like defining yourself because once you define yourself you can go out redefine the world which is a book that's coming from me in 2018
0: (laughs) we will be back to talk more about that when that comes out yes last question brandon what's the one action our trailblazer community should take this week That's going to help them to blaze their trail.
1: Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know what? I've been saying this a lot because it's a chapter in my book. You know, it's somewhat of an action, but I think it is an action, but it's also like a statement fact type thing. But I think that one of the biggest things that a trailblazer can take advantage of right now moving forward this week is the idea of not letting the internet or not letting social media rush you. I think that we get caught up in different lists that you can get on. We get caught up in seeing people's Facebooks and Snapchats and Instagram. As a matter of fact, it was Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He said, comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. But however, or and then even in the Bible, it says, "Faith without work is dead or walk by faith and not by sight. But Franklin Delano Roosevelt. In whatever book those scriptures come out of, they didn't live in the age of social media. So we say these things, but we have a hard time actually putting that into play. And that's something that is really important not to get caught up in seeing other people' blessings and starting to compare yourself to look at these different lists or just figure out, you know, why is my blessings or my happiness or whatever it is that you want. Is not happening because you're consuming it from so many different areas. And I think it's very important to not let the internet rush you, to continue to set benchmarks, set goals, to work hard for whatever it is that you're achieving, to celebrate the small wins along the way so you get your really big win and you'll ultimately be very happy. And then you'll have your own testimony of how you persevered and pushed through or and how you turn stumbling blocks into stepping stones. And I think if we take that approach to really just hone in on like what's the work that we need to do in order to get to where we need to be and not let social media rush us we'll ultimately get to where we need to be because insta gratification is not the real way of making your dreams manifest into reality
0: and in frame dropping that knowledge Love it. Love it. Listen, thank you so much for being our special guest. Before I let you go, tell us how we can stay connected to
1: you. Yes, you can head to www.theblackmancan.org to check out our website. Social media is at The Black Man Can. You can also get me on social media at Brain and Frame. And I'd be remiss if I didn't note that we are launching our fundraising campaign as an organization. And our goal is, by Giving Tuesday, which is the first Tuesday in December, is to get 5,000 people to give $25 because it costs $25 for our young men to attend the Black Men Can't Institute. And so if we get 5,000 people to give $25, we will impact 5,000 young men in 2018. And that is a huge goal as an organization. And I would love for anybody that really believes in the work that we're doing to celebrate, educate and inspire, to join our village to celebrate, educate and inspire
0: that campaign kicks off in December or
1: it kicks off in October and it goes from October to December awesome Brandon thank you so much my brother great no problem thank you for having me
0: Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I'll be posting links to all of today's book recommendations and links mentioned on our show notes page at tbpod.com. If today was your first time listening to the Trailblazers podcast, I just want to extend a warm Trailblazers welcome to you. We're so happy to have you here and we encourage you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Go ahead and browse through some of our past episodes to keep the knowledge flowing. If you're a fan of the podcast and today's content and you're maybe already subscribed to the podcast, please continue to share and invite your friends, your family, or colleagues to listen to an episode that you think might impact them most. We believe that someone listening to these inspiring stories will be moved